When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 111. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. On today's show, we are talking about practical ways to combat mindless spending. Now, as eco-friendliness becomes more mainstream, more and more corporations are ready and willing to share with you their green products. But the simple truth is that we cannot, we cannot buy our way out of the environmental crisis our consumerism has created. The answer does not lie in buying eco-friendly stuff. The answer lies in not buying. Now, I know that's probably an unpopular statement. You're not going to hear it from corporations, but you are going to hear it from me because it is the truth. (laughs) The manufacturing, the packaging, and the shipment of any product, whether it's an eco-friendly product or not, harms the planet. Now, we have talked about strategies to buy less before on this show. We have outlined the ins and outs behind no-spend challenges. We have shed light on advertising tricks that entice us to buy. But still, even though we have talked about all this before, I am certain that you and I still get that itch, right? The itch is that feeling we get when we see something we really, really want and we throw caution to the wind and we just go for it. We buy it despite everything we know, and despite that voice in the back of our minds telling us to hold on a minute. So on today's show, we are tackling that itch with five practical ways to stop that mindless spending. Now, everything we're talking about today is in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 111. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 111. All right, so strategy number one I have for you. It's very practical, my friends. It's not so fun, but it is practical and it does work. It is to write out your monthly budget. Now, spoiler alert, (laughs) there is absolutely nothing glamorous about writing out and following a monthly budget. I will even go so far as to say That sitting down with my husband at the start of every month, once the kids are in bed, to go over his budget in spreadsheet form is the worst part of my month. That's the truth. It is a terrible experience. And it is a terrible experience because conversations about money always tend to be awkward, right? Even with your spouse, it's an awkward conversation. Yet these awkward conversations about money are necessary. 
And if you have a spouse or if you have a partner, convening every month to assess the budget ensures that you are on the same page. It ensures that you and your spouse or partner are working towards the same goals. It forces you to analyze the previous month's spending and sit with that uncomfortable feeling when you realize you went over what you allocated. Having a monthly budget really makes you stop and analyze and really get to the bottom of unnecessary purchases that do not fall in line with that black and white (laughs) written down budget that you have agreed to. So tip number one is to have a monthly budget and to do your best to stick by it. Tip number two is one we have talked about before, but there's a twist to it. So stay with me, okay? And I'm going to take something old and I'm going to refresh it into something new. And that is to buy quality. Now, of course, I've talked about buying quality over and over until I'm blue in the face on this show. If you are financially able to buy quality, please do. But here's the thing. Unless you are a bazillionaire, when you commit to buying quality goods, you are naturally going to have to wait. And that is because quality goods are expensive. Now, here is a real-life example from my life this week, okay? I am in the market for a desk. I need a desk. But I do not want a cheap desk made of particle board. I want a desk that is solidly constructed. I want it well-made. I want it made of real wood. (laughs) I want my desk to be heavy. I want it to command attention in the room that I'm planning to put it in. I do not want a desk that is trendy, but will fall apart. And I certainly do not want a desk with drawers that buckle the second I put a handful of pencils in them, right? You know the cheap desks. You've seen them before. They're all over the place. So I know what I want. The problem is, though, that the well-made desks, when you buy them new, are way, way beyond my budget. And even quality secondhand desks, so the solid oak secondhand desks, Even those desks are beyond my budget. Committing to buying quality just naturally makes us pause. It slows down the buying process. It just does. So I have not bought a desk. (laughs) I'm currently doing all my work at the dining room table. And as I do so, I'm slowly saving up for that quality desk little by little. When you decide to buy quality, unless you're a billionaire, you naturally have to wait. Okay, tip number three. Now, this is a good one. It is to look deep within. Now, what what the heck am I talking about? What I mean here is to look deep within yourself. Consider the concept of consumer identity. Whether we are aware of it or not, most consumers use purchases to shape our identities, right? Do you put Miss Meyer's hand soap in your bathroom? That Miss Meyers hand soap says something about you as a person. It says you are health conscious and eco-conscious and you're willing to spend a little bit more on something that is healthy and eco-friendly. Or did you just purchase a fun and sparkly new party dress? Well, that sparkly party dress says something about you too. It says something about you to yourself and to everybody else who sees you wearing that dress. It says that you are fun It says that you are carefree, and it says that you like to have a good time. 
Now, many of us participate in aspirational spending. That is when we buy things that our fantasy selves would want. Now, we discussed the concept of fantasy selves last week. It was episode 110 with Shannon Torrance. But basically, a fantasy self is the person we all wish we were. Our fantasy self is not based on reality. It's our less than realistic persona. Now, I have another real life example here. I just am coming at you with these examples, but Facebook got me real good this week. There was a perfectly placed ad in my newsfeed for ankle boots. And if you have been listening to this show for a while, you know I have a love affair with shoes, first of all. And you also know that my fantasy self is a well-dressed and put-together mom. Okay, so you already know this about me. And Facebook, with its amazing algorithm, knows this about me too, (laughs) because Facebook placed an ad for chestnut ankle boots in my newsfeed. Now, these are not just any old ankle boots, okay? This company gives 10% of profits back to environmental causes. Check that box off. These boots were made of quality materials, okay? Check that box off. What got me was that they are handcrafted by a real human, and you know so because the human who crafted the boots signs the boots. Oh my goodness. (laughs) If these attributes do not scream Stephanie Safarian's fantasy self, I do not know what does. These boots spoke to my soul like nothing I have seen in a long, long time. The itch that I experienced was strong. I didn't just want these boots, right? I convinced myself, and I really did convince myself, that I needed these chestnut ankle boots. Okay, but then reality sets in, right? These boots were expensive. They were $248 to be exact, which is way more money than I am prepared to spend on boots now or ever. (laughs) $248 for a pair of boots, oh my goodness. But the company offers four interest-free payment installments to make that final price seem a little bit more manageable, right? Of course they do. I'm not going to lie. I was so close to buying these boots. And I'm telling you this for two reasons. The first reason is to highlight the fact that even though I preach conscious consumerism every day, And even though I try so hard to practice what I preach in my daily life, I am not immune to a good advertising scheme. (laughs) No one is. The second reason I'm telling you this is because these boots spoke directly to my fantasy self and not my real self. I am not a boots-wearing fashionista at kindergarten pickup type of lady. (laughs) I am a running pants and sneakers mom. I just am. I so wish I wore cute skinny jeans and ankle boots, but I don't because running pants or yoga pants, they're way more comfortable. I'm in, I'm out, I'm up, I'm down. That's what I go to day after day. I am consistently a running pants and sneakers type of girl. I am not a skinny jeans and ankle boots type of gal. So let's circle this back to you. Look within yourself before you purchase and ask yourself some uncomfortable questions. 
you're not going to want to do it. In the throes of making an impulse purchase, you're not going to want to pause. You're not going to want to ask yourself awkward questions. You will just want to hit buy, right? You'll want to whip out that credit card and just do it. But get in the habit of asking yourself these questions anyway. First one is, are you hoping to say something about yourself through this purchase? And if so, what are you trying to say? That's number one. Question number two is, is the item in line with your true self or does it speak to your fantasy self? That's question number two. And of course, question number three, do you need it? So that's tip number three, look deep within. Moving right along to tip number four is to assess the hidden cost. The cost of any item is so much more than its sticker price or its sale price even. Every purchase has two hidden costs. The first hidden cost is time, and the second hidden cost is the impact on the environment. So let's talk about time first. Time is a hidden cost, and it has to do with how many hours you had to work in order to make the money to purchase the item. So let's go back to my boots example to really drill this down. The boots that completely derailed me were $248. Now the company, right, another marketing tactic, they gave me a coupon for 10% off because it would have been my first purchase with the company. Thank you so much. 10% off the total of those boots without shipping came to $224. Assuming I make $15 an hour, I would have to work 14.9 hours to pay for those boots. Are those boots worth nearly 15 hours of my life? Suddenly, when I assess my free time as a hidden cost, those boots lose some of their appeal, right? 15 hours? Holy moly. Hidden cost is also about how much time in the future I will be spending worrying and caring for that expensive purchase. So how upset am I going to be when these boots scuff up, right? And they're boots. They will scuff up, (laughs) How often will I have to scrub them and clean them to keep them looking pristine? Are there other things that I would like to do with my free time than worry about and scrub my boots? (laughs) So that's the first hidden cost, time. The second hidden cost of any item is its environmental impact. Now, cheap stuff, if I bought cheap boots, for example, they would have a higher environmental cost because they won't last very long because they're cheap, so they'll head to the landfill sooner. And because they aren't made with sustainable materials, the manufacturing of cheap stuff often results in more pollution than natural stuff in general, right? My boots were not cheap. (laughs) They weren't cheap on the sticker. They were made of great things. But even still, even though they were quality boots, the manufacturing of anything, even quality, impacts the environment. Purchasing anything that's not needed hurts the planet. End of story. So tip number four, of course, is to assess the hidden costs of time and environmental impact. Now, finally, we are moving right along to strategy number five. Strategy number five is to adopt a family mantra. Now, this is not a new concept on this show. In fact, uh, Jen Panero, she was guest on episode 31 of the podcast. This is her tip. It's not mine. I can't take credit for it. It's so good. But I'm recycling this tip and bringing it back because, first of all, I use it all the time in my own life. And second of all, 
For those of us with kids, it is stellar advice to help us buy less. Jen's suggestion is to adopt a family mantra so that when our children push back on us, we're ready. Her mantra is, dun dun dun, in this house, we do things differently. In this house, we do things differently. Period. Done. (laughs) Now, my five-year-old is going to be six next month. And as she gets older, I find myself just naturally relying on this mantra more and more. In this family, we do things differently. Just because your friends have iPads doesn't mean you need one, etc., etc., etc. I then take Jen's mantra a step further, though, and I follow it up with gentle reminders about all the great things that this family does differently, too, so that she doesn't think her parents are a bunch of cheap curmudgeons, right? I remind her that we take lots of family vacations. I remind her that we prioritize experiences and doing stuff together over buying stuff. That tends to end the pushback right then and there when I remind her of all the fun stuff we do instead. (laughs) My hope is that by repeating this mantra over and over again, I halt her pushback as she gets older Of course, the jury is still out on whether that will work or not. I will report back as she grows. (laughs) So those are my five strategies for combating mindless spending. And really quick, we'll go through them one more time. The first one is to write out a monthly budget. The second is to buy quality because it makes you slow down. Tip three is to look within. Tip four is to assess those hidden costs. And tip five is to adopt a family mantra. My final word on combating consumerism is this. Not buying does get easier with time, right? The more you practice it, the easier it gets. But the desire to buy never completely goes away. So I'm going to say that one more time too, because I think it's important for those of you just starting your journeys. Not buying does get easier with time. But the desire to buy never completely goes away. And if you accept this fact, if you accept the fact that the itch never does disappear completely, accepting that will prepare us to deal with the itch when it rears its ugly head, when we least expect it, when we're sitting on the couch, scrolling through our news feed, and we see $248 chestnut ankle boots. (laughs) Now, really quick, the inspiration behind this episode came from the Sustainable Minimalist Facebook group. If you haven't joined yet, you are missing out big time, my friend, because it is the best group on Facebook. And I'm not even just saying that because it's my group. (laughs) It is a judgment-free zone that is filled with practical advice from nice humans. So consider joining us. You can search Facebook for Sustainable Minimalists, or I will link to the group directly in this week's show notes. Now, a little hint for those of you listening is that I scour that group for your problems and for your questions, and then I make some of them into podcast episodes because my belief is that if you are struggling so greatly with something that you are going to post about it on the internet, then other people have the same problem too. So if you have something you want me to cover, ask about it in the group or contact me directly. I am here for you. Now, this week's show notes, really quick, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 111. And on next week's show, we are uncovering the truth behind microplastics. 
I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Take care.